I'm reading today from Acts chapter 12 for just a few moments. Acts chapter 12. One of the strangest verses and stories in the Bible. And um, it, it, it really does have a life lesson that we must never, ever forget. And before you leave here today, I believe a change is going to take place in your heart. Acts chapter 12 Verse 21, so on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them, a speech. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. It's the voice of a God. They're actually calling him deity and worshiping him like he's a god. Verse 23, Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Listen to this part, please. Everybody read this out loud. Because he did not give glory to God. And then the strange part. And he was eaten by worms and died. Because he did not give... It did not say because he had royal attire, he had nice things. It did not say because he was in an exalted position and had been raised up. Actually, God raises up. It did not say because he was wealthy, powerful, influential, influential and exceedingly famous. Because... He did not give glory to God. We know the original sin that, that was committed in heaven was when Lucifer, one of the chief three angels in heaven, there was Michael, the warring angel, Gabriel, the messenger angel. He always brought messages to earth, such as to the Virgin Mary. And then there was one named Lucifer, light bearer, who was the worship leader. And in Isaiah 14, he said, I will exalt myself above the throne of God. I, I, I will be like the Most High. He says it five times. I, 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 me, 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 my, my. You know what he was doing? To just sum it up, he did not give God the glory. God gave him the position. God gave him the title. God gave him the influence. But he did not give God the glory. This is so important. This, what I'm going to share, has, has got to get deep into our heart. What happens, the danger of not giving God the glory. Jesus in Luke chapter 4 was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of extreme uh, I've been there to that Judean wilderness. I've taped out there in the hot sun in the desert. It's unbelievably hot. And then at night it gets incredibly cold. It's a place of extremes. And when Jesus was in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan himself came to Jesus. And he came with an extreme attack against Jesus, with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. There's the three big ones, the pride of life. 
And he came with extreme temptation for Jesus. He had not even started his ministry, but the enemy knew if I can take him out with extreme temptation, extreme demonic opposition. It wasn't just demons. It wasn't just a chief spirit. It was Lucifer, Satan himself, coming to Jesus. And he had one thing on his mind to turn Jesus away from bringing glory to the Father. I want you to understand that Jesus had a a reaction to the extreme temptation and extreme, extreme demonic opposition that he was facing, he began to exhibit extreme consecration. <laughs> he began to use the word in an extreme way. He kept saying to Lucifer, it is written, it is written, it is written. When the enemy comes with extreme temptation and with extreme attack, against you, against your family. That's a sign because it's a season. It won't last forever, but you ought to double up on your extreme response in consecration and say, well, if you're going to hit me with extreme temptations and extreme demonic opposition, I'm going to hit you with extreme fasting. I'm going to hit you with extreme praying. I'm going to hit you with extreme worship. Thou shalt, he, Jesus told Satan, he said, Thou shalt worship the Lord our God and him only. I'm going to, if you're going to get extreme in your attack against me, I'm going to use Jesus' answer for hell's extreme was Jesus said, I'm going to my own extremes. I'm not going to let you win the battle against the flesh, the world, the devil. I'm not going to let you do that. I'll take on you with extreme consecration and I'll go more to the word. I'll go more. I'll turn on my worship all week long. If I have to live in an atmosphere, I won't live like this forever. I won't stay like, but when you sense you're under extreme demonic attack, get extreme consecration, get extreme, extreme worship, get extreme into the book and read it and say, and if you have to read it out loud until y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but this is what, you know, Jesus, if he did it, maybe we need I'm so tired of people just being nicey, nicey Christians. Sometimes we need some extreme services. We need some extreme worship. We need some people who are not ashamed to glorify God and say, yeah, I believe. I believe in the blood. I believe in the cross. I believe in the name of Jesus, and it's more powerful than anything hell can bring against me. doesn't matter what others do. I, I will get extreme. If the enemy comes against my family, I'm going to get extreme, and I'll go get me some oil, and I'll anoint every bedroom, and I'll anoint every pillowcase, and I'll anoint, I'll, I'll anoint the milk. I'll anoint, I'm going to get, I'm going to get extreme. That's what you do. You turn the worship on. If depression has come, turn the worship on. Turn the, in, in, you, know, you know, you just begin to, you just begin to let the God inhabit the praise of his people. No one in this book ever did anything for God that was of great magnitude without extreme, without tapping into the level of extreme consecration to God. You're not crazy if you want to please him. You're not crazy if you want to do and you want to be free 
and you want to live for him and serve him. You're not crazy. I'm so tired of people making us feel like we're the crazy ones. If the world is getting more and more extreme, if men are competing in women's stuff and all, all genders are getting mixed up, why don't we get extreme about our faith in Jesus Christ and what this book says and stand strong? The enemy is extreme. We have to go against him with extreme fasting, extreme praise, extreme warfare. And you don't do it all the time, but there are seasons when you just say, I need some extra help. And Do you know that the Scripture said that Satan then took him, listen to this very carefully, he took him to an exceedingly high mountain. Satan took him up. The devil took him up. Do you know that Satan raises people up? Satan can give people fame. Satan can give people fortune. Satan, he took him up on an exceeding high mountain. Be careful when you're going up. It's not that God's not allowing it. It's not that God has a problem with us excelling and being blessed and doing amazing things with our life and dreaming big dreams. But when you begin to not give God the glory. That's what I'm preaching on. Notice what he said. Took him up, the devil took him up to an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And listen, and their glory. And he said, you can have it all and their glory. You can be famous. You can be powerful. People will turn their heads when you walk in the room. But Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to receive that kind of glory. That glory belongs to God. The longing to be praised. The longing to be seen. The longing to be known. Jesus rejected the offer to take their glory that the world wanted to put on him. He immediately walked out of that wilderness after 40 days of fasting and praying. And the Bible said in Luke chapter 4, he walked into the synagogue. He opened up the book and he said, now here's what my ministry is going to be about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are at oppressed. And then the next verse says, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the next verse says, and when he closed the book, I love this part. He, he gets up and he said, my ministry is not about me. My ministry, I'm Jesus. I'm God in the flesh. I'm God's only begotten son. But I am not here for my glory. I'm not here about me, 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 I, I, I. We've already seen that up in heaven. Lucifer had that spirit. But he closed the book he said, this is what my ministry is about. My ministry is about the broken. My ministry is about the hurting. My ministry is about those held captive. My ministry is about the brokenhearted. My ministry is about people who've been through all kinds of hell and shame and disgrace and they want to give up. That's what my ministry. And then the scripture said he closed the book 
He closed the book and gave it to the attendant, which would have been the priest and the preacher, as if to say, what's your ministry going to be about? I'm, I'm Jesus. That's what my ministry is about. We don't want to see you up here and your glory because your glory can't heal anybody. My glory can't save anybody. This church has one celebrity, and his name is Jesus Christ. We don't want man's glory. We want to be careful to give God the glory. Can we do that at every campus right now? Can we just give God the glory? The ministry of Jesus would not reach for glory. God, help me to preach this right. The ministry of Jesus would not reach for fame and the praise of men. He said, my ministry is not about me. Jesus showed us the ministry, meaning that we all must have. And it's not about me. It's not about you. He closed the book and he said, it's about them. It's about others. I want to ask you, why do you sing? When, when, when I, I, these questions I, I've, had, I've been asking myself, when I play my sax, why do I play? Is it to be seen? Is it to be heard? And, and, and what I'm saying is God gave me the talent. God gave me the ability to preach. But is my preaching about me? Is it about, I hope I do good to impress all you people because i I got a lot of people right out here and I'm scared and I'm nervous. It's not about me. Now I'm going to tell you something. We got to get back to that. Why would God give you success? Why would God give you a business? Why would God raise you up? Why would God give you a big dream and let you begin to see it? It's, he doesn't mind, the Bible said, Herod was, was in royal attire. He looked good. He dressed fine. He could speak. He had a he had a preach. He had a speaking gift. The Bible said with his with his oratory power and words and persuasive speech that the people just marveled. And God didn't have a problem with him using his gifting and his talent. The problem God had with him is he did not give God the glory. And somehow we've got to get a mentality, a heart that says, God, I, I am not in this for my own glory. I'm so humbled that the higher you take me, the more I want to go down and I want to give you the praise and I want to give you the glory because you alone deserve the glory. Why do you sing? Why do you serve? Why do you give? Why do I preach? Is it to get followers? Is it to get acclaim? It's not about your network. It's not about your net worth. It's about the lost. Moses' ministry was not about him. It was about two and a half million people who were in chains of slavery. Jonah's ministry was not about him. It was about 600,000 people who were going to perish if the gospel did not hit the shore of a city called Nineveh. Esther's ministry was not about her. She was living in the palace. She was having uh, attendants taking care of her, getting manicured and pedicured, and nothing wrong with that. God had raised her. God raises one up. God pulls another down. But here's the key. When the moment came, it was not about her. It was about 
a whole nation that was on death row and Haman was building gallows to kill all the Jews. And in that moment, she realized it's not about me, my fame, the, the high position that you put me in, God. It's not about me. And she said, who knows that I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And she stepped out and she said, if I perish, I perish. But God put me where I am for his glory, not mine. David didn't fight Goliath to become famous. David didn't fight Goliath to become a known household name. Even in the book of Acts chapter 8, there's a man by the name of Philip who preached and the whole city was turned upside down and revival came to Samaria and signs and wonders and miracles. It was the front page of the newspaper, I'm sure. It was the talk of the town and right in the middle of it, the Holy Spirit said, leave this big mighty revival with thousands of people and go to the desert. I've got an appointment for you with one man who will be riding through on his chariot and Philip leaves the big lights because it's not my life, it's not my ministry. He goes to the desert for one person who's reading the book of Isaiah but doesn't understand it, and he runs up beside the chariot, and he says, do you understand what you're reading? The man said, I don't have a clue. Something about he, he will be wounded for my transgressions, and I don't know what he's talking about. He said, let me explain to you. I have a Ph.D., in the book of Isaiah, and he stepped onto the chariot, and he got the, the, this man was over the whole finances of the nation in Africa of the Queen of Sheba, and he converted him to Christ and baptized him, but he had to be willing to give God the glory and walk away from the bright lights. I'm not preaching that God doesn't want us successful. I'm not preaching that God doesn't want to raise you and God doesn't want it. I actually believe he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or even imagine. But there's got to be that spirit of humility. There's got to be that the more he blesses you, the more he raises you. It's not for my glory. It's not for my honor. It's not for some false humility. It really doesn't. This is eternal stuff. This is stuff we'll be judged on even as believers. It's what is the motive of my heart. And the Bible said our whole ministry can go up in smoke, said some things that people present as at the judgment of the believers, it's not a judgment of whether or not you're saved or lost. If you're there at the judgment of believers, it's good news. You're staying there. You're in heaven for eternity. But you will be judged with your motive of what you did with what God gave you, your time, your talent, your treasure. It will all be judged. And some people only did it for their own glory. And the Bible said there would be people who the fire would be, would, would be amped up and your thing would be put over the fire, and the Bible said some would be like hay, and it'll just burn up because the motive wasn't right. But oh, if you got that motive, I only want it because I did my best, and God blessed me, and I give him all the glory, and it's an attitude. It's an attitude. I don't ever want to get in my car and roll around in that car and think that I deserve that. To God be the glory. I don't ever want to pull up to this campus and all the other campuses that God has given us and think somehow flesh and blood and men and women did this. I know he uses us all, but we're all the same. We're just doing 
what God has called us to do, and God gets all the glory. Am I making sense this morning? Would you take a praise break and give God the glory? Don't get a Herod spirit. Don't forget how low you were. Don't forget he could have blessed anybody. He could have raised anybody. He could have put anybody in the spot. He could have had many of you could do a better job than me, but he raised me. And I've got to be careful to give him the glory. What is this church about? Is it about entertainment or evangelism? Is it about selling tickets or winning souls? Is it about hype or is it about harvest? Is it about concerts or is it about converts? Jesus, help us. Help us to promote him. Help us to raise him. Help us to glorify him. Help us to exalt him. Help us not to come in here. And, and, and even when we sing, what's your singing about? What's your gift? I tell you, this thing got all over me. And I thought, when I play the horn, I won't never play the horn like I used to play it. I, I'm, not, I'm not up here trying to impress anybody, not that I ever have. But there's always that part of you that you need to put it in check. That if I have anything, it's because of the goodness of God. God found me. God saved me. God put his hands around me and raised me. And I cry and I acclaim with my breath until the day I die. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Oh, I don't want to do a honey lake clinic just to do it. I want God to be glorified. 24 hours a day, be exalted on that place. I don't want to preach on TV to preach, so I'll be somebody. If I could, I would go hide in a hole. I never get, I'm not trying to give false humility. I die every Saturday in my office. I die. I crawl up sometimes. I say, God, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. He said, you're trying to impress people. Just impress me. My hand will come on you. My hand will do the work, but you got to give me the glory. I'm still learning that lesson. I've been preaching 40 years. 40 years, and I still am learning. I find myself the flesh trying to do it on my own. We can't take the glory. We can't take the glory. We've got to have such a spirit. I want you to look at it one more time in closing. I've got a few minutes and I'm going to preach my last few minutes. But in Acts 12, Herod attacks the church. He was an evil man. And he arrests James, one of the apostles and beheads him, kills him. And the scripture says this, and when he saw the beheading of, Ju uh, of, of James, listen to this, the scripture said, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, when he saw that he got popular from it, when he saw that his followers increased and they they boosted, that it boosted his fame, that it pleased the Jews when he killed the head of the church, James, who was the apostle over the church. He let 
that overtake him. The pursuit towards fame hurts the church is the point. That when we are not up here singing and playing and preaching and ushering and, and, and ministering and giving even for the glory of God, it hurts the church. My glory is not his glory. My glory cannot heal you. My glory, me being cool, me being all that, I can't save you. I can't get you off drugs. I can't get you off stuff that's destroying you. I can't change you. There's nothing in me and my glory. It can't help you. But his glory, his glory, when he comes into the room, his glory can instantly set you free. His glory can heal you. His glory can restore your marriage. His glory can fix your family because suddenly you say, not my will, and you bow down and you say, I ain't like John the Baptist. Do you have Herod's spirit which says, I won't give God the glory, or do you have John the Baptist spirit? John the Baptist said, he must increase. I must decrease. Look at him sitting on the throne now in closing. In Acts 12 and 21, he's sitting on a throne clothed in royal attire. He's all that. Raised, exalted, powerful, famous, giving an amazing speech. He had talent. He had gifting. But now it's not bringing glory to God. It's all about him. And when the people heard it, the best clothes looked right. The message was right. The large crowd was right. The people responded by shouting, it's the voice of God. It's the voice of a God. He's not a man. Let's worship him. In Acts 23, immediately, an angel, this is New Testament, an angel smote him, struck him, because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. The question is, are you going to trade wonder for worms? Are you going to trade superstar for the supernatural? Because you cannot have both. I must decrease. He must increase. And the more he blesses you if you're not careful, as they come, if you're not careful. I'm looking at people all over this room that have been highly, highly favored and blessed of the Lord. But I'll start with me. I have a tendency. If I don't watch it, if I don't stay prayerful, if I don't stay around Good preaching. If I don't get in a church like this and let the Holy Spirit do a deep work, 
I'll walk around like I'm something. And I don't care who you are if you're human. You can get these worms. The worms of pride. The worms of arrogance. The worms of look at me and look what I have done. I'm not, I'm not a mean, mad preacher. I'm just telling you. This is a big deal to Jesus because when they thought he would walk in like a big shot, he came with a pail of water and a towel. And he got down and he sit, took the sandals off the disciples. And they were having a discussion. If you read it, they were discussing who's going to sit where, who's going to be the biggest, who's going to be the big shots. I want to be first. I don't know. You're not sitting on the right side. I am. And Jesus walks into that atmosphere on his knees and he starts washing dirty feet. He was saying, this is what ministry is. And don't you ever forget. Don't you ever forget what he's done for you. Don't you ever forget. Don't, don't, don't let worms get on the piano. How many years you've been playing, Bill? You told us. Almost 70. 70 years, and you've been, with, you've been with us how long? 22. Been sitting over here on this piano, but every once in a while, you're so gifted, you're so talented. Right? We forget to give God the glory. Marlon? There you go, son. There's no limits on the talent, the gifting God's given you. He doesn't have a problem with you winning a Grammy. I love it when these football players and athletes and people who achieve, when they're being interviewed and they throw the whole world limelight, and the first thing they'll say is, first of all, I want to give God all the glory. I need somebody at every campus who understands how good God has been to you and maybe how much you've taken it for granted, maybe how much you forgot where he brought you from. But would you give him the glory right now from your heart? From your heart, let it flow. Lift your hands and praise him. Lift your hands and shout unto him and give him glory and give him honor. Give him honor. Give him honor. As long as I'm pastor of this church and I'm at a point in my life where I don't want anything, that's a good place to be. Except to do his will. That's why I'm so excited about Honey Lake <laughs> Clinic. Because God's going to get the glory. 24 hours a day, burning incense and praise will be going up. God's going to get the glory. God's going to get the glory. And some of you are going to be a part of that. Woo! Some of your pain is going to be turned into ministry. Some of you who are addicted and some of you who've been through it, God's going to use your testimony to pick somebody else up 
and you're going to tell them, I, I had nothing, but I gave my life to Jesus, and he set me free, and he raised me, and I'm careful to give him the glory. Do you want to know why people, it's interesting. I close with this. Look at me now. Look at me now. You need to hear this. You know how the Bible describes hell? It's a place where the worm dieth. Mark chapter 9. It's the place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Why does the worm never die? Because the number one pre reason people will go to hell is not because they were too wicked, not because they had an addiction, not because they were sinful, not because they, they messed around with somebody else's wife. That is not why people will, that's sin, that's wrong. But the reason they will go to hell is they were too proud to repent. Too proud to humble themselves. That's why in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, on a Sunday night when I was sitting in the back of the church as a teenager, lost as I could be, and my brother was singing at the cross, the Holy Spirit attacked my soul and said, it's now or never. I want my will to be done in your life, and it's either now or it's never. I'm going to lift my spirit. I, don't, I can't say that for anybody else. I know what I felt. I began to tremble. I stood up. I walked down that aisle. I collapsed when I got there, and I fell to my knees, and I found Jesus. I found the answer. I found freedom. I found the power of the Holy Ghost but my pride did everything it could to hold me back what people think what would they say and if anyone under the sound of my voice listening to me wherever you're listening to this if you leave lost it's because pride won. Because Jesus is saying, come unto me, weary and heavy laden. I'll give you grace. I'll give you peace. I'll give you strength. If you're going through extreme temptation, I'll give you extreme consecration. I'll give you extreme praise. I'll show you how to war and win. But it starts with humility. God resists the proud. One translation said he holds at arm's length the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's why as long as I'm pastor, we will always have altar calls. I don't care what other places do, and I don't mean that like we're better than they are. We are not. One body. But I believe in altar calls because that night when I stepped out into that aisle, something broke off of me, and I knew in an instant I'll never go back to what I was. Who am I preaching to? Every head bowed, every eye closed at every campus. If you'd say, Pastor Jensen, I'm far from God. I need a change in my life. I need a cleansing. I'm not giving God the glory with the way I'm living my life. I want to give God glory with my mind, with my body, with my soul, with my spirit. I want Him more than I want them. Pray for me. If that's you, boldly lift your hand right where you're standing. I want to see it all over this room. Yes, 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 yes. And those of you at every campus, the pastors are going to come in just a moment. But I want every one of you that raised your hand. This is where pride wins or loses. You're going, you're going to get dewormed. 
the moment you step in that aisle, you're going to get dewormed because pride can't hold you anymore. And that means Satan's grip on you is already being loose. And if you raise your hand all over this room and at every room, get out of your seat and come stand in the front saying, Lord, I today humbly surrender my life to you. Come on, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Now, Pastor, why do you keep going like this? Because the Holy Spirit is moving. You can't rush the presence of God on your little clock. You have to give Him the glory. I want you to get eyes off of man for five minutes and do nothing but give God glory for your family, for your home, for your car, for your clothes, for your favor, for the goodness of God in your life. Hold on just a minute. I want you to give Him your personal glory. Will you take a moment and do that right now? Whoever you are, the reason Herod lost is he gave not God the glory. Pride wouldn't let him. And here I preached a whole sermon, and I wonder, are people still so into themselves that they can't raise their hand and say, God, I give you the praise? Nobody don't care about you when the king is in here. He deserves the glory. Be flat, be flat, be flat. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. Sing it to him all over this room with your hands raised at every campus. The pastors are coming, but lift those hands and sing it, giving him all the glory. Oh, come on, come on, come on, sing it. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to When I think that God is son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce. I can't hardly take it in. Listen to that. That on the cross. He bled and he died. Praise his name. Oh, yes, he did. Sing it to him now. Oh, then sings my soul. and just focus on him, you would be amazed at what glory would fill this room. Sing it to him. Then sings my soul, my Savior, to me. How 
sounds beautiful. Just let me live. I'm singing this to him, my life. And let it be pleasing, Lord, to thee. And should I gain, gain any praise, let it go to Calvary, oh, with his blood, he has saved me, with his power, he can raise me, so to Let the church give God the glory this morning. Oh, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We honor you, we lift you, we exalt you. We shout unto you. We praise and lift our hands because you deserve the glory. You are so good. Oh, my life. You have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, all my life. Can you say amen to that? All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath.
God, I will make sure we give him the glory this morning. Yes, it is. Chasing you down. Oh, your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running One more time. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I Just one more time, all my life. So my life, you have been faithful. Sing it, church. Sing it. Just one more time. Just one more time. Oh, my life. Oh, my life. You have been faithful. You have been so appreciate the Holy Spirit, raise your hands and sing it one more time. Let him refill you. All my life. Oh. this prayer say Jesus I surrender my life to you I receive the blood of the cross as my cleanser and today I'll give you all the glory let my life glorify you my time my talents my treasure my whole being let it give glory to you and I give you the thanks and I give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. To God be the glory. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin. And thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at JensenFranklin.tv.